Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently. So tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology. Oh, we're back, Paul, aren't we? We certainly are. We've got two great guests today. We're back. We're back going across the pond, aren't we? We're back in LA. Back in LA. We've got. Hey, we've got weather to support as well today. It's like it's like LA out there, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is today. So, welcome, Andrew and Teresa of Dopamine. Awesome, so awesome. Yeah, awesome to have you on the show. And just we were talking off air, and I think we we probably did a podcast before we even started, didn't we? Um, it was a Ace <laughs> talk just a minute ago, but I think. Just to get our guests, our listeners, so you, you understand the the reason why we put this show on and what we're trying to do. But it goes up to a real wide and dis- collective audience, and we love having so many different business owners and people on who are doing all different c- cool things. Explain to us what what dopamine's about and what you guys are about. Okay, yeah. So dopamine media is an exclusive media company based in Los Angeles. I started with myself and Andrew. We originally started this just as a fun hobby type of activity, giving away free photo shoots to the Black and LGBT community. And when we started this was right in the middle of the pandemic. So we were definitely catering to that. And um, Andrew has a background in sound design and photography. And yeah. And then once we met, kind of just took off um, with my background in sound already there. She met me when I was doing sound for film, doing post-production sound design. I was enveloped in that, as well as being a plumber for 17 years. So I come from a background of plumbing, which I know is a a bomb on you guys. We didn't talk about that. I have a whole background in plumbing, but I went back to school and got my degree in sound while plumbing full time and then continued my career path and brought it to LA from the Bay Area originally. And then I met her and she took my, my passion for photography and made it a real thing, making a flyer for the LGBTQ and black community at the time. And we started doing photo shoots and uh, it took off from there. And people loved us, loved the energy and started requesting us for more. And then uh, took my background in sound, started doing a little bit of video work and we have a media company. So it is literally birthed from the people and global disaster, honestly, the pandemic and the people is what birthed our company. Love it. And and I think what a great way to start the company. You share that, Paul, you, you birthed a company in the pandemic, didn't you as well? So you, yeah, you share, certainly, that, share that yeah, interesting pain. Did. Yeah, I did. I shared... I share your pain with the pandemic uh, starting a company. It's been very hard, but it's been a great foundation to start. And if we can do it for a pandemic, we can do it for anywhere, can't we? Exactly that. And I think because we're gonna, we're gonna, I think we we'll just start with the questions and we'll just say where we go. So I think I'm gonna go straight in that question one. I think it's gonna. Let, be let's, great. let's roll in. Given your backgrounds, I, I'm always interested to find out what people are, are reading or researching or what's inspired them. So, just be, between you, what's one one book each that's greatly changed or influenced your life that you've read or or an audio book or something that's that's really give you that spark of inspiration. So, um, I think we'll go ladies first. I think for that one, I've read a handful of different books throughout my life, but recently one book that I would say absolutely changed my life was. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I'm not sure if you guys know who he is. He's, but he, he's, I, he's, I, I, a couple, he's come up yeah. a couple of times, his book. I've not, I've not he, read it yet. He is absolute. The things that this man has gone through, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he's a retired Navy SEAL and one of actually the only man to do elite training in the SEALs, the Ranger and Air Force. And he's completed many Guinness World Records and he's run a marathon on broken legs. He's done incredible things that, pushes human boundaries, not just mentally, but physically. And I read that book in one week, right when quarantine happened in the States and it kept me focused and it completely changed my mindset. And it allows me to understand what mental dexterity really is. And to don't be afraid of the pain, but to be in the pain and recognize things, acknowledge it and have solutions. So I mean, I could go on about this book, but it's, something that everyone should read um, if you ever have gone through trauma or needs um, some type of healing, self-healing, because this man will change your life. i tell you what, Teresa, yeah. I've read the book as well, but I haven't, I'm, I'm telling a lot that I bought the audio book and I listened to it because David Coggins did a podcast and it challenges you through the book and it gives you challenges to do. And I just found it so inspiring because he had so many he had so many opportunities to have excuses 
and never used any of them. And I love the part about the accountability mirror, which I use yeah. today. I absolutely love it. So, yeah. You've, you, you've used a mirror today? Can't you tell? Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I'm, only, I'm only joking, but no, that book Jesus, has come up a lot. And what would you say in terms of you, you talk about that dexterity in that mind? But you know, g give me a tangible tool, something I could take away. What's what changed your thinking in that? I would say the best thing that I've learned from that book that I've been consistently using in my everyday life is that he talks about um, it's very easy to have a positive mindset when things are going well. Things are going well, it's very easy to say, hey man, everything's cool, be positive, everything's good. But when things are the worst, when things are absolutely just feeling hopeless, it is much harder to pull and say those things, right? Yeah. So th what the book encompasses is in those moments, remember your small wins, the things that you've accomplished, remember, that you can pull yourself out of this because you have been able to pull yourself out of previous events. And having that mindset when things are the most dark to just say, hey, I can say things are great when it's good. I'm in a bad spot right now and that's okay. And I'm gonna pull myself out of this because I'm strong enough. So I use that every single day. So I would say that would be the biggest thing to take from that book is that when things are the worst, remember it's harder to be positive, but remember it's possible. Yeah, that one. Yeah, got it. Absolutely. We could have a podcast on that. I, I think we can. I, I've got to go. Yeah, I, that's why I'm trying to keep things very short because I'm gonna. I could go on. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't keep going. Keep going. It's all good. It's all good. And, and, yeah, and, yeah. I'm what? listening to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's something about mental strength versus your actual biological strength. You can really push your body, and people think that they can't. And it's so, your brain and your mind is so far much stronger than you like to give yourself credit, right? You always praise other people, but when can you stop to praise yourself when you're winning and doing well? Give yourself that self-love and motivation, just like you would give your mother or your spouse and push yourself and be your biggest leader and your biggest supporter. And you'll be surprised at how far you can go. I think there's a big cultural difference, I think, as well, between America and, and England, because I'm a big fan of some of your greatest motivational speakers, your Bob Proctors, your Eric Thomases, your Tony Robbins. I, I love all them guys, your Jim Rohns. Um, but in, in the UK, we're a little bit reserved. We don't always like to celebrate the wins. And I think there's a big difference, and I might be wrong on this, so, so challenge me back if I'm wrong on this, but in the UK... We don't really sell us celebrate if, if someone fails at business we don't celebrate it it's not to be celebrated but in the uk from people i know it is celebrated if you've tried and you've failed and and you pick yourselves back up but in the uk it's not always deemed like that would you agree with that paul totally agree and as long as we learn from we fail we can move forward can't we yeah um we've done that i think every one of us has done that we've all failed at some point but as long as we've learnt from it, it's not a failure, is it? No, no. Would you say, how, how is it perceived over there in, in, in America? Is it championed? As long as you've tried, that's that's the main part of it. Well, I, think, I think it's great now. You're talking about motivational speakers and one for the generation now that we have is, is Gary Vee, which is a, a really huge, relevant speaker. And I love him so much because he's literally, his age is a different generation, but it's almost like he has the mindset of a hungry 23-year-old. And he has this constant mindset that you're never too old. And he really instills that. So I think now more so than ever, it's it's more appreciated for just giving it your all. Because someone like Gary Vee, I think, is changing that here in the States especially. Because, no, I think even, even before Gary Vee, it's not something that... I would think culturally in the U.S. is celebrated, especially before him. He's making it like cool to fail now, which is great because personally, me, I had that. I've had that perspective throughout my whole life. It's just how I was raised, and I was raised in a household where I was critical thinking was influenced, and I was free to do my own thing. And uh, yeah, you learn from your failures, and the only time that you fail, in my opinion, and I know I speak for Teresa on this one, is when you don't try, when you just give up because you're either just lazy or, or whatever the case may be in my head yeah it's only when you fail with what you said earlier yeah if you learn from it definitely not a failure and i think it's becoming more popular here in the states mainly because of people like gary b that are really pushing that and helping people not to get depressed from simply failing at something even if you try your hardest exactly that you've got to try and on that for you what about any books yeah so mine has a pretty long title um and i don't want to pack it up so i'm going to read it off because i've always called it into the magic shop but its full title is into the magic shop or neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart 
Just, okay. Just roll that back again. I need to listen. So one more time. Yeah, go one again. More time. Top. Wait, 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 wait. We'll have a we'll have a drum we'll have a drum roll, can't we? I ain't got, I ain't got a drum roll. That was a big that was a big title that one. I like that. I ain't got a drum so roll. So I'm gonna stick with Into the Magic Shop because that's got that has uh, the um, most traction. Is just that name, but anyone that's read it will know the full title. But Into the Magic, a neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart. Essentially, just to sum it up, long story short, it's a book about the law of attraction. And it's a, an autobiography, essentially, about uh, a neurosurgeon and his life growing up as an adolescent and the experience he had as a very young child in a very rural town, essentially Barstow, a small town in between Las Vegas and the Bay Area, out by in the desert that he grew up in and uh, had a really peculiar life-changing experience in an actual old magic shop ran by a little old lady that coached him to view life differently because he came from a very broken home. So it's his autobiography about the struggles that he went through as a child from a very broken, dysfunctional home and discovering this person and this magic shop as a form of therapy and a way to act, it actually changed his view of the world. And he grew up to do exactly what he wanted to do, which was become a neurosurgeon. And it goes through his full life and the, the way he viewed things and how life works in order to get to that point. And so it's like an indirect explanation of the law of attraction. You end up at the end of the book going, wow, I understand it now. But, by, but by a newer surgeon as well. So he's got all the, yeah. wow. Written that, by him. And, and this is, you've, you've heard me speak, we've spoken before about the law of attraction and it fascinates me. We've all see, probably seen The Secret and things like that, haven't we, or, or understand it. But what, what's your interpretation of the law of attraction? I, I've got an interpretation of it, but sure. what's your interpretation? Yeah, very subjective, of course. But essentially, it could go from being dedicated religious practice to someone that's agnostic and, and just believes that there's something. But in my opinion, the law of attraction points to the, there's some kind of design to this existence of, of, of ours. And we have control of our faith essentially. And it's just reverse engineering your life, in my opinion. If you want it bad enough, I, I think if you want it bad enough from inside and you can visualize it, the body and the physical actions will follow suit. It'll, it'll just happen. If you want it bad enough, it'll happen organically. And you will do things throughout your life that'll set in place the things that need to happen in order to get where you ultimately see yourself. And that's it. You'll create the opportunities that need to be there in order to put yourself in that position. Okay. 100%. And Love I think that, we, we talked, don't we, about, we, we've been doing like a little mini series on leadership. Um, by, there's a great platform called Giant and it, it's built about like personality profiles. You profile yourself up and it just basically gives you a set of tools so you can understand what it's like to be on the other side of you. So, it, it, so it's like a self-reflection tool. Fantastic tool. That's interesting. I yeah. like that a lot. And we talk a lot about everyone's a leader. You've got to lead ourselves through life. Don't mean it just doesn't matter because you've got a business. You're a leader in your family, your community, your circles. Everyone's a leader. And if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead no one else. That's the take up. But what we talk about is about being intentional versus accidental. And I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a believer in the law of attraction in a sense of, um, we don't just sit there and and wish for a new car or a new house to just fall on our lap. We don't life don't right. work like that. But at the same note, we know if we plant a seed in the ground, we understand that in the right conditions that that starts to grow. We can't see the energy out and the tight, the spark that makes that that plant grow, but we understand that something makes that happen in the right conditions. Same as when we start looking at quantum physics, when we start looking at atoms getting split, once we put our attention on it, it doesn't play out but when we let it to unfold naturally it plays out right but the intention is always there so it's like us paul we could say the law of attraction how did this podcast start i bought a i bought a book and i read it and i thought it was profound so i lent it to you and it evolved that you said this is fantastic book this and we have conversations so we just started recording them but Let's roll this back though. We've yeah. got, we, we're part of a, a mental health charity called Andy's Man Club, which we spoke yeah. to off air. And we've got a real simple vi vision is to reduce suicide. So no family ever, ever has to experience the pain or devastation that a death by suicide come, you know, brings to a family. That's a big mm -hmm. vision. That's a big why. It's a big thing. But we were talking about this podcast. It gives us a platform to talk about that. Share stories. You've just shared some amazing stories that, that, that might give someone some inspiration to go pick up a David Goggins book, to go pick up that magic book, like you just mentioned. And the only way we can see, drive that change is by being intentional and going out and trying things, having a go. So I'm huge with you. I'm, I'm a big believer yeah. in the law of attraction. Yeah, perspective. I think it, it's all perspective. Yeah, definitely. That's one thing that's changed my life is, wow, this perspective thing actually really works because I come from a back, a, a history of depression and just pessimism and, and anger and, and no patience. I come from a very 
tough, miserable time of trying to struggle, get through life, getting upset over things that I'm not in my control and having a different perspective with things that are in your control, especially completely changed my life. My life turned around 180 degrees when I started looking at life differently. I'm going to ask this question here. And I love this, what I got taught, you know, if you squeeze an orange ball, yeah. you know, like a, an, like a nice California orange yeah. you know, and you squeeze it really hard, what comes out? Juice. What type of juice? Orange juice. Not apple juice, not pear juice. No, orange orange juice. juice, yeah. Right? So th this is like the law of attraction, right? I believe we're, we're just love them to this, aren't we? That's all there is. That's the only power we've got, yeah? Yeah. But when we get squeezed, why is it that anger comes out and hatred and all the other stuff? So, so we've got to really focus on having that open heart, haven't we? And making sure that when we get squeezed, we, we make sure we, we keep ourselves in that right zone because it's like us now, if we're rushing, you know, our camera won't work in earlier and this won't work in that one. If we get stressed, we're not going to have a good connection. We're not going to have a good podcast. We're not going to have a good thing. Is that right? Certainly. I love it. Like that. Yeah. I don't know where that one come from. I'm so going go to say to my wife, I'm going to say to my wife, you're squeezing me, but I'm coming from a place of love. <laughs> we know Kim will have you for that. Yeah, Kim will have me for that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I read what you're talking about as far as when you get squeezed. It was, I don't know if you you got it from that. It was a woman that got bumped into and she had coffee and it spilled coffee on her. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I heard it from, um, oh, what's the doctor called? Um, oh, he's a... He's a great, I can't even think of his name. Come yeah, I know me. exactly what you're talking about. And I actually sent that to him when we first started dating. And I said, hey, look at this. And I just didn't really say anything about it. And I allowed him to interpret it. And it was just simply, yeah, like when you get pushed, what's going to come out? It's a great metaphor, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, we'll never find what we're looking for if we come from that place we don't want to go. And, that, and that's the, one of the hardest things to get your head around, isn't it? I've suffered myself over the years of being too angry, being too headstrong. But actually, you know, we, we go through life thinking we want to be significant and actually if you come from a place of love and connection you actually the byproduct of that is significance without you even realizing it it's, it's crazy and so mm -hmm. we we get what we focus on i think is, is what i'm what i believe in and i think it's the same thing that the goggins book talks about too it's, it's easy to be happy and, and when you're achieving things and things are going well when things are bad how you react to those negative things in life is going to profoundly affect how the next minute an hour or day or three days is going to unfold. It's it's all your reaction and how you react to life. Life happens for you, not to you. I think it's a, it's a good one too that I've always remembered also. As far as the quotes go, that's another one I just remembered. Yeah, that's a really good one. Oh, Teresa, what is your feel-good song or music that gets you focused or makes you... I am a huge music person, first of all. I yeah, love I, every I love single genre and regardless of what industry and in, i'm always been a musical person i studied piano slightly in college realized uh, it was too complicated for me to learn how to do music and then uh, but i love the sounds of piano the sounds of piano something and i love sad sounds sorrowful emotional sounds and you would think a lot of times you want like the upbeat stuff that makes you feel happy and but i notice honestly a lot of music that has pain and darkness and different frequency of noises that makes me really reflect is actually what makes me feel happy and inspired and focused. I, it allows me as an artist to get enveloped in my everyday life. I see everything is very artistic. So the answer is when I hear any type of sounds, piano, I would say piano is what any type of piano mm -hmm. makes me feel most relaxed and creative if anything. Not a specific artist, but yeah, I would say we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you off. We'll let you off. And yeah. <laughs> it's so broad. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many artists. Beethoven. So. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Classical piano. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure a, a lot of the world can agree to that. Of course, that stuff is traditionally known as wonderful music to study to, to whatever it was. So yeah, there's something about those timbres and those frequencies, I think, that soothes us all. You've got a guilty pleasure in that as well, haven't you? you, you go, I, go with this. Honestly, I, I do listen to classical music, especially when I'm driving in my car after a day's work because I do wind down and I love to hear a person actually playing those instruments and the skill that they've got, playing each individual, whether it's a violin, whether it's a piano, anything that, that you can actually feel that person playing that instrument and i actually love it but i, I haven't really told a lot of people well you've told loads of people now haven't you but i have, you now. Know, I have it's, now it's cool it's all good but i love it you got a couple artists too that you could spout off i know orville 
Oh yeah, right. there's certain like pop artists that are popular. I don't know if Orville Peck is popular in the UK. Whoever's listening, could check them out. Yeah, I've not heard of them. Have you heard of Paul? No. And then Boy Hunter. Yeah. yeah, Orville Peck. He, yeah, if there is an artist, I would say Orville Peck. He has a motif. He wears a mask. He always covers his face. He dresses like a cowboy. But, it's traditional. It's like a country. It's yeah, like a but progressive he, country. Uh, right, yeah. But he is a gay man as well. So that's also controversial. But his voice is so beautiful. And he's paving a way and he's becoming a star in the States. But his music is so emotional. And he's such an artist that he's just being true to himself, which I could just respect in general. But his music is great. I've written it down. I did last week. I'll Spotify. I'll be in. I'll be. It's in. very original. It's not the uh, Casey Chesney or classic pop country. It's he's got his own niche of country. He's very traditional. You could hear the inspiration of Roy Orbison or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Orbison, like traditional Johnny Cash type of sound. Oh. So it's very classic country. If whoever's into that would like Orville Peck, coming from myself, myself, and a lot of our interests in music are the same. So a lot of what I say, I know Teresa would agree with, but. I think me, just as far as genre goes, I really enjoy just multicultural, like instrumental music. An artist in the UK that's from the UK, a lot of people over in Europe there that might be familiar with that artist, Bonobo, B-O-N-O-B-O. Very inspirational artist, and he uses a lot of multicultural instrumentation. And that stuff's very inspiring for me. And uh, going back to the classical thing, I know she loves him too, but Tony Anderson is another artist that does more, more of a contemporary classical style approach, like Thomas Newman big film composer too. Uh, a lot of film scoring I love also. A very emotional yeah. type of music, mostly instrumental stuff I love. It really helps me out to think the thinking music where you can drive. We're both huge. We see life musically. We're so influenced by music daily. We could go on forever. Which is cool. And I think, let's hit, let's hit some of the next one. You'll go next on this one. Right. I like listening to this question. So, you can do the conversion rate as well. Yeah, because, because you're in LA, we usually ask pounds for this one, but we'll go dollars. So <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. What purchase of $65 or less has had the most positively impacted your life in the last six months, Teresa? We'll go to you first. Okay. First of all, I don't really buy a lot of things. I'm very particular about what I buy things. I'm very frugal and financially responsible. So I, I always, I try not to spend and more experience. So I was thinking what, what purchase, as you ask the question, what purchase, and it might sound silly, but these glasses that I'm wearing, <laughs> okay. I got these for my 27th birthday in Washington. I am a huge Kurt Cobain fan. His birthday is on the February 20th. Mine is February 19th. So on the February 20th, on his birthday, I saw these glasses, I bought them and I just love them. So they're a constant reminder of my trip. It was, yeah, his birthday, I turned 27 the day before. We're aware he passed when he was 27. So it was like a, a big a, a life experience for me. And I came back to California and I'm consistently, people are like, oh, I'm always, I love your glasses. And so I'm always having to retell the story of where I got it. So it reminds me of him and why it's causally affected me is because I've always struggled with self-esteem and confidence and just being social. And as silly as it may sound, a, a piece of article of clothing or accessory, it's funny how it can help your self-esteem. So wearing these glasses, it boosts my self-esteem daily and makes me feel happier. And you guys obviously are advocates for mental health. So you can be aware of just a simple compliment or a simple gesture from somebody can really brighten your day and it's a constant reminder of that hey you're beautiful or hey smile and that is my purchase that is possible well, I'm and they're uv protected i must admit teresa they really do they're cool they are cool i wasn't also i was not searching for i was sat there thinking them glasses are them, them glasses are cool but how do you how do you raise a how, how do you there's a comment about your glasses. You, you, you never. You every time I say something to you about glasses, you with me. Yeah, no, because yours in yours is derogatory. Well, it's only because I always said. <laughs> I, I always said to you, I can never hit a man with glasses, and you always attack me when you've got your glasses on. You can't hit me back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about yourself? What pet? Was it sixty five? Sixty five dollars is fifty quid, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So well, six, I don't know. I just well, made it up. You just made it up. Did six, sixty five dollars? Let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, roughly that. I guess the conversion, right? Yeah, mine is a little more holistic. Actually, I was brought onto a um, natural supplement, essentially what you would consider it, um, called kratom. 
spelled K-R-A-T-O-M. It's uh, uh, derived from a, a natural plant. I believe the root is, is where the kratom is derived from. There's different strains of it, but she introduced me to it, honestly, maybe about six months ago, if that. And it's roughly, it's 30 to $50 US, but the effects that it has had on my anxiety and because I still struggle with that every single day, no matter how great my perspective of life is, I'm wired the way that I am in my brain and it's still struggle every day. And Kratom has had a profound effect on um, my mind and my anxiety, my stress levels, as well as my, my, my lack of patience, which leads to my anger. I've dealt with anger issues throughout my adolescence and growing in my adulthood, still struggle with it at times. And Kratom has been a huge help to keep me calm focused at times where I usually would just blow up a head gasket. I mean, having the past traditionally, for anyone listening, I would definitely recommend looking into that. If you're not too sensitive to supplements of that nature, I would definitely recommend looking into Kratom. And I think, well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned around supplements because we've been like doing an experiment on the last 90 days, haven't we? And um, I've cut caffeine out and I'm a huge coffee lover. I've got a coffee machine. Yeah, as we're drinking coffee yeah. plenty here. <laughs> yeah, espresso and... What I would say, I never thought, I'd never class myself as having anxiety or I've never classed myself like that. But when I look at it, I write loads of lists. So I, I do have anxiety because I plan, I, I use, I plan around it all. So I always like to take my anxiety and turn that energy into making multiple lists. So as you can see on the, on my boards behind me, I, I post it, note everything, right? <laughs> I get it out of my brain. Yeah. yeah. But what I, what, what astounded me, the, this health coach who's been working with me in you, Paul, won't she? Yeah. She said, I want to look at what substances you're taking in. I thought, well, I don't drink much alcohol. I'm, I'm being relatively quite good with, with the diet and the kids and the family. And she said, it was coffee. And we, we took coffee off me. And I, I feel like a, a new guy. But the, th the first four to five weeks, I'm not going to lie, was horrendous. You know, itchy yeah. skin. Oh, it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't go back to it. I feel like so mellow. I do have caffeine-free um, things. And I've, you know, I still use my coffee machine. But... I don't know what you, you, have you changed on it? Yeah, we took caffeine out, but I, I didn't drink as much coffee as Leon. Well, I, no, I was, I was and fulls. when we was on the meeting with the health coach, she said, I need you to drop caffeine. Now, it's not the biggest thing for me, but I watched him, he was nearly crying. <laughs> he just went white. He just went white and I said, oh, you're taking, but you've done it, haven't you? No, and I think the reason I'm, I'm jumping on that in terms of what Andrew was sharing there. It, it has such a profound effect, yeah, the chemicals that we do put in our body. So I'll definitely be checking that one because you, you never know. I've, I've never heard of that one before, have you, Paul? No, and, and just talking about coffee, we I think we was off caffeine for about 35 days, something like that. And I went for a meeting and I had a coffee by accident. Not a decaf, a normal coffee. And I went to bed. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. And I was, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said it was the wife snoring and I, I, everything. And it was the coffee. I just had one coffee in the day and I didn't realise what effect it had on your body and your mind until you off you come off it. And it was just that one day and it was wow. And it, yeah, it's in your body a lot longer than how you feel it's in your body. You don't know it. You don't, yeah, you don't realise. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, hats off because here in the States, especially in LA, it's, it's everywhere. Everyone's drinking coffee and it, it's definitely influence plays a huge part on having that cup in your hand and lack of sleep too, which we're working on getting more of. We are what we eat, aren't we? So, and I'm always interested. You trigger me on that, but I'm going to, I'm going to jump straight to the next one, Paul. Do you guys have a lesson from a failure of yours that you'd like to share with us? And I'll start with you choose on that. A lesson, as we talked about earlier, a lot of times we don't like to look at things as failures, right? That's our ego talking. We, we're too prideful to be saying, oh, I failed. So I, as I look back in my past and these failures that I've had in my life, what is a reoccurring theme? And I notice a lesson that I can tell myself is that I definitely have learned and I'm continuing to learn to ask. A lot of times why I failed is because I failed to ask for help or assistance because of my ego, because of my pride, because I want to be the best and I, I can handle everything and I don't want to be a burden. Um, which also goes into mental health. You, you yeah. don't want to be a burden. Right, so the failure is having too so, much pride. But yeah, <laughs> so having too much pride and, and failing to ask for help and to bring myself down and saying it's okay to ask for help. Which adds to more failures in itself. So it's yeah, like a, and a lot of times... It's processes in it. Yeah, a lot of people don't even consider that. It's, oh, I failed because I didn't get here on time or I didn't do this or... 
okay, let's step back. If I have asked for assistance or if I asked for help or guidance or anything, maybe I would have succeeded or maybe just it's surprising how much just support is necessary for success a lot of times. Yeah. Having company, I couldn't do this without him. I'm sure I could, but gosh, it's a lot easier and a lot more amazing to have someone to support you. Because And it's okay. It, people shame that. They want, especially in the United States, everyone wants to be the one boss, the one CEO, the one everything. And it's, it's okay to ask for help and mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. Yeah. And to, yeah. And to root other, other people on yeah. for their wins. So um, that's a lesson I've learned from just ask for help, bring your pride down. And that's a lesson that I continue to tell myself often as well. I think that's great. Cause we talk about regular, don't we? And listening to Teresa there, it's unreal how the the conversation we're having now we've had them over and over again and she's absolutely spot on in what she's saying yeah, exactly and i think we're our own worst enemies aren't we at times i think yeah, that's yeah. the challenge um andrew do you want to share one uh, lesson for a failure yeah i would say again a recurring theme or something that i saw what we we're talking about earlier it's hard for me to answer this question because all my failures to me are wins how i have that perspective or it's okay what's an actual failure but i think more um importantly is just kind of the same as Teresa as a personality trait is is to slow down. I, a lot of my failures are due to just moving too fast and making emotional decisions, stuff like that. And I've learned to just slow down. And so that's probably the, the most out of my life, like the failure in my life in general, I think is a huge one that people should definitely listen to is let yourself process things, especially when it comes to making decisions. Or if you're doing something creative, to really allow yourself to envelop yourself into your work and not let the demand of either a client or peers or the world, you're trying to post something on Instagram because you want it out there. You know, give yourself the time to like really put all your all into it and create and just slow down because you'd be surprised of how much more successful and things you can do when you just go at your own pace rather than letting an outside influences jurisdict how quick you should do something. Everyone works at their own pace. And I think the best work comes out of creatives when they're just in their own world on their own pace. We got more deeper into answers rather than just like one experience on set or something, because there's so many different things. Like as a production sound engineer, I could tell you so many failures of not double checking my cables, <laughs> just slowing down again, moving too fast. So all these other small micro failures I've had throughout life were simply just because moving too fast. So to give the best piece of advice, I would say that lesson learned is to slow down. Love that because we're all, we're always busy, aren't we? That's the problem, Paul. That is all we we we, we think we're too busy. We ain't got enough time, but we haven't. We just got to say no to some things, haven't we? And prioritize. Prioritize. Yeah. We'll talk about that, we? I'm gonna I'm gonna wait with the next Go. question here. Then, what is your favorite quote or saying that that if you could share with everyone in the world, what is it and why? I see the reoccurring theme that as the women go first, so I'll start. And also, I just want to say both of you guys are amazing human beings. And I'm having a great time, first of all. I want people to hear this and to know that you both exude energy and light and it's been a pleasure being on here. I just wanted 100%. to say that because I've been listening to you talk and I've been gazing at your compassion. But anyways, I would say one quote that stuck with me, I don't even think I've told Andrew about this, but I would say, David Goggin said this in his book once, he said, denial is the ultimate comfort zone. Hmm. It's right? Well, yeah. Denying things. You don't see it out of sight, out of mind, not happening. It's not real. It's I'm comfortable. I don't see it. I don't have to face it. And I could play this even to my past. I was married before I met Andrew. I was divorced and I was in denial that my marriage was failing and just forget about it. Just don't see it. Don't talk about it. It's not happening. Once I face that, once I face the truth, which is people don't want to do, it's so easy. Face the truth, face the truth. But are you really facing the truth? Are you really accountability, Mira Paul? Are you really facing yourself and saying, hey, this is happening? It's all right. Whether it's a failed marriage or a, a death or a job, stop den denying what's happened, first of all. Good or bad, I know it's hard, but face it. This happened. Okay. I'm uncomfortable. That's fine. I'm uncomfortable right now. It's going to rain. Oh, it always, the rainbow always comes out after it rains. Always. It always happens. The sun always comes out after rain. So just remembering you're comfortable right now, but as the cheesy saying goes, this shall pass. So yeah. that's my, my quote. But I love that. I love that. Reason. I think the, the, the main point you're making there though is sometimes it, we get so wrapped up and it, 
we, we say that you can't see the logo for any man club, but the logo we have is a white logo and a black background. And we always say that the logo is uh, that little bit of light in, in your darkness. And some of the best, your worst times, as we say, you, you've, you've, sometimes you've got to step into the darkness to see the light. And, and But it's such a tough lesson to learn, isn't it? And it's so hard. What tips would you have for someone who, who's maybe hasn't got that 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 skin to, to make that jump you're talking about or to face that that fear what, what how, how do you do it i wouldn't say i saw the light as you would say or i didn't start realizing things until i started speaking to people a lot of times people don't feel they can face the darkness or they feel hopeless because they're they're alone they're not communicating with their loved ones and a lot of times they think their loved ones don't care or they don't want to be a burden once i started communicating with my peers my coworkers, my family and saying, Hey, I'm going through a tough time right now. I just want to let you know that. And once I realized it's not as abnormal as I thought it was, a lot of times you think you're the only person in this planet mm -hmm. that's feeling this way. You feel alienated, ostracized. Yeah. yeah. And once you realize, wow, go through this. Oh my gosh, I had no idea has done this or been through this or is dealing through this. You start to feel less alone. And once I started speaking to other people, then it made it easier to face my own uh, demons or lessons or failures. Challenges. Yeah, challenges. It made it easier to know, at least I'm not alone. So just speaking about it, even if you need to speak to yourself in the mirror, or even if you need to make a, a fake Instagram and talk to strangers, express your feelings, any type of outlet that you can communicate with other people, you'd be surprised at, at how easier things make it to stop denying what you're feeling. And except, yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah. I think what I'm taking from that, Paul, we talk a lot about this, and I might, I don't know if this translates it into, into today's side, but I'm taking that, um, being okay with being vulnerable, because, and I, we talk about this a, a lot at the Man Club, when we're vulnerable and we say we ain't got things figured out, the universe has a beautiful way of bringing people around you to help you solve that vulnerability. And, and I actually see vulnerability is one of the one of the most strongest um things that anyone can do when we're vulnerable especially we see it, men hate to be vulnerable i'm sure women that's what, yeah, that's say for men around the world yeah. yeah we hate to be vulnerable but i think it's one of the most powerful things you can be um vulnerable because the, the moment you you express that vulnerability and you haven't got it figured out i remember losing my father suddenly and i didn't have it figured out and i was running a big business running a big charity running all these things and it was tough and just being vulnerable and saying I didn't have it, everything sorted exactly, and you've just triggered that thought in me, Teresa. There, I think it's one of the most um, powerful things we could do, and I don't think enough of us are vulnerable. We, we have to tough it out and think that we're tough. And I, I, I don't know, does that give you any thoughts? Yeah, definitely. The main reason, the three main stigmas why men don't talk is bed and embarrassment and weakness, and I think that's why I kept all my feelings to myself for years and years. And when I did open up and talk to my family, my friends, professionals, and the Andy's Man Club where I got loads of help, I found that the help coming back to me was absolutely amazing. And I wish I'd have talked years earlier, but I just didn't want to be a burden on people. And I thought I was a big, tough rugby player, boxer, and I was there to look after everybody else, but... We always say, don't we, put our own mask on first. And if we put our own mask on first, we can help other people. So, yeah, it was great. And the help I received was second to none. So I love that. Great great one there. And Andrew, have you have you got a favourite quote? Yeah, we literally touched on uh, the two. One earlier in the interview was just the failure. A very cliche quote, but I saw this on in my like high school, I think, is what it, I never forgot. It was, you don't fail unless you give up. I think to quote it properly... And I don't know the author of the quote, in the end, the only ones who fail are those who give up. And I've had that perspective for most of my adult life or most of my life in general. And that's definitely helped me look at life differently with quote unquote failures for sure. Like Paul was saying earlier, getting a lesson or learning from it turns that traditionally what, you know, or culturally what we look at as failures as something completely different. Again, all perspectives. So that quote's really powerful for me. I wish I had something more philosophical. But some, there's yeah, so many quotes out there that are so cool and I can't even think of them all, but that one definitely has stuck with me. And and then we just touched on another one too that's um, 
it's always been really huge. We just spoke on it. I can't remember the other one too, what we were talking about. We were just drowning out. We talked, Paul spoke about you got to put your own mask on first before you can look after others. Was it that one? Because we think that's quite such a, and I, I don't know you, Paul, but we've. Oh, we've... No, uh, the perspective, looking at life. Not Life happens for you, not to you. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a really a, good one. And that is a bit of a head twist, though, at first when you get that one. But it's, yeah, you have to really think about that. Um, so, yeah. so, so true. Uh, Teresa, the, the the orange, I've just remembered, Dr. Wayne Dyer, that's where I first read that, about the orange. And then there is one where it goes on a bit further about the coffee. I can't remember the coffee one, but Dr. Wayne Dyer is where, where I took that. Yeah, it's really amazing. He's, he's a cool dude. The next one, here we go. I love this question. In the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effects on you? I like this one. It's funny that a lot of the things that we're talking about is like a direct, things that you're saying is, are things that I feel or, or think as well. I would say the law of attraction. It's funny that we're bringing this up again, but in the past, I didn't really believe in that. It, I was very strong-headed. This is the way things are. And this is very, I wanted to be in the military. I was just very like straight and narrow. Like this is how things are. And actually it wasn't until I met him just a little over a year ago that my things started happening and it didn't quite make sense like just good beautiful things and i'm like oh, is there an answer to this or irony has been a part of our lives since we met yeah very ironic things <laughs> that you know, go outside of what certain them. signs meaning certain people certain events and i'm realizing my mind having a perspective that if we put our minds together it's, it's going to be okay. So uh, a new belief is you can change your viewpoint. Instead of saying, oh, I'm not, I, I just got in a car accident. I'm stressing out. I don't know what's happening. Instead saying, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's not okay right now, but I'm going to figure it out. And it's going to be a good day. And then you keep telling yourself these things. And then your brain starts maneuvering. And you're like, rather than getting angry and cussing and, and then your whole day's ruined. And it's, profound how amazing just by you telling yourself these things the law of attraction changing your own beliefs essentially mm -hmm. and your body follows suit see i sound like andrew right now but yeah that's my You're opinion on you yeah that's our what has changed for me is, is really truly understanding my mind can be in control and the law of attraction is absolutely real well, i'm taking from that i don't know about you paul but i i love a, a real good saying um you, know, you mentioned you, you, you was very headstrong and you was very the way you was in life. But I'd say that we was very, you know, at times I, I say this, I'm mind led. I'm led by the mind. But actually, when we, we, we're not the mind, are we? When we become that creative force that we are, the ideas, and we tap into our, our true soul, amazing things happen. And, and for me, a lot of people have had this debate around the law of attraction. Can you bring it back up? But for me, as an organism, we're designed to grow and succeed. That's what we are, aren't we? And I think we're designed to help our other fellow humans succeed as well. That's what we're on this planet to do. It's our, our whole essence and being, right? So once we figure that out, that we're there to help each other and have a great time on this planet and this little, think of how amazing it is that we're actually here, right? At this moment, in this time, once we can get our head around that, how special this is and all the other stuff isn't important, then we can start doing exactly like Andrew was saying, letting life happen to us, not, and we can really get into that that zone. But I think we are an organism that's designed to grow and, and sustain. So I, I think we naturally, anyway, gravitate towards people that are going to sustain us once we are open to that mindset. Whereas it's like that, you stub your toe in the morning, you get out the wrong side of the bed, we hear that all the time, you're going to attract that. So I think exactly like that is controlling yourself and, and putting yourself setting yourself up to win that's what we say don't we paul set, set yourself, set yourself up, to up to win spend people around time who are gonna help you succeed and, and just make them right choices and it's a lot easier than you first think isn't it just getting up every morning and breathing we're a miracle we're a miracle that we're actually even born yeah or that this floating ball is in what we call the goldilocks zone where we just have a perfect distance from the sun the whole astronomy thing too is just incredible yeah literally what where we're in in the existence of reality itself is quite amazing we're like this blip exactly crazy and and i think when we see it like that it, it hurts our head so we try and go get distracted with the facebook and everything else and, and, and not even try and figure it out but what would you say andrew what's been a big sort of change in your sort of belief equally yeah so again just the perspective thing that kind of ties in again going back to law of attraction but to be more specific like paul was saying having perspective when you wake up is great you can walk into the day of feeling great right you wake up you feel good but it's when something quote unquote bad or something happens out of your control that doesn't really favor you or what you would consider not favor you at first glance can be hard to react to that a certain way. And I think 
what I've changed about my life in the last five years that's helped me out exponentially is how I view things when something bad would happen. If, if something happens that sets me back, instead of being angry, which I fail a lot of times at not getting angry, but I really try to look at the silver lining per se. So I, I guess that'd be the belief when, when things negatively impact my life, I try to not view it as that. I try to look at it. Well, this, there's a re there's a reason for it. I try to look for what I can get out of that experience. And it, I even tell myself it's maybe something I don't even see yet, but I believe that there's going to be a reason for it down the road and it'll pop up. And when it does, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to laugh. And having that perspective, I think definitely helps get through that bad experience, whatever it may be, either a car accident or God forbid, even something more tragic. It can be very difficult in dark times to look at things in a positive light, but I think maybe not even being positive, but just believing that there is, there's some reason, lesson or something you're supposed to learn from it. And I think the more you have that perspective, as hard as it may be, the better the quality of your life just all around will be. And it has for me, I'm walking proof for myself since looking at life that way and when bad things happen, a lot of the negative things that have happened have definitely helped me more so than I believe I, I know for a fact that they would if I looked at them in, in any other way. So silver lining, I'm just, yeah, believing that there is a reason for all things. And it's, it, you can make the reason based on how you look at it. It's up to you. You are the creator of the reason. And I think this flows really nicely, Paul, isn't it? It's, you must, they must have known. Well, I, I think I, it goes, I think it flows perfectly. I, I just think listening to Teresa and Andrew, I think this next question is going to be really good, especially their journey in life. So here we go. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself at 18? And what advice would you have ignored? And I think we flip this up this time. I think we flip, I think we go Andrew first, just because we can. Let's, let's, yeah. let's put Andrew on the spot. I'm piggybacking off you the whole time. Let's, get, um, let's, let's tell the table. Not being so nice. I've been the nice guy my whole life. I've been extremely nice. Being kind is the ultimate win for all humanity. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go out and be a-hole to everyone or whatever and being selfish, but there is, you have to know when to draw the line for sure, because there are people in this world that definitely prey on kind people and take advantage of them every single day, especially in a capitalistic world, or at least in, especially in America, this country's built on capitalism and stepping over the next guy. And so I think a lot of those sharks out there, if you will, that get ahead in life, they do it off the off the tragedies of others or the kindness of others too as well. And I've been victim of that throughout most of my younger life, uh, younger adult life. I've let a lot of people get ahead of me willingly and sometimes completely out of ignorance just from being, you know, too nice. So <clears throat> that's something I would definitely tell myself is, hey, open your eyes up a little bit more and start narrowing your circle down. Because uh, I used to have a huge circle of people, acquaintances and friends and it got me in a lot of positions that were unfavorable because I was just really nice. And the second part was that what advice not to take, I think was the second part of that question. Yeah. And that would be more so what Gary Vee kind of preaches to the world. He really preaches not to take advice from your parents is his ongoing theme. And not so much of your parents, but me, uh, because of my own personal experiences is peers who anyone listening, that's a creative that's maybe even in high school still, or, um, in college peers can really play a huge impact on your influence growing up and what you put your time into. And if you're someone that locks yourself inside of a room, likes to paint, or you like to really dive into something creatively, don't feel like a weirdo. I would say not to let your friends or peers make you feel like a weirdo or they're pressuring you to come out or go out you know, to the bars or whatever. And if you want to stay inside and paint or draw or make music or whatever it is that you do, paint dolls, anything creative that makes you feel good, I would say, it, you know, completely lose yourself and focus on that. Unless it's something destructive, I would say lose yourself in it. Because I think that's such a, a big issue too, just with peer pressure and not so much with drugs and partying, but literally getting pulled out of something creative could be your, your destined future uh, that would make you happy. I think what I want to pull out on that a little bit though, because you, 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 that, that word um, at the beginning, you said not be so so kind. Or I think what was the word? But I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Let, let me flip it. What strikes me? You got a lot of love to give. You got a lot of energy. And is it not though putting yourself first? Is it not about thinking putting yourself first in them situations? Because I think the challenge we have as humans, we all want to like each other, don't we? We want to get on. We, we know we like to be people pleasers. But some of us have a real problem with actually putting ourselves first and going after what we want when we try and please everybody else first. I think what, what I was taking from what you were saying, I don't know if you agree, Paul, but um, putting ourselves first, I think we have to put ourselves first. Literally, we, Paul, like myself and her, we, we're con our whole life's constantly trying to make sure everyone else can breathe. With oxygen masks, without putting our, our own on, 
But it's also about our own goals, isn't it? As well, we talk about our circles and things. I think at first we have to put out, we have to put ourselves first. And I think even to the point of it might you might want to call me out on this, Paul. But I do think we've got to be selfish for ourselves um, to a point of if we can't look after ourselves, how can we give love to other one else? You know, there's nothing else to give in our own cup. So, but I think that's I think it's changing now. Um, but it used to be frowned upon. But we have to look after ourselves to this, don't we, Paul? We certainly do. We certainly do. And. Sometimes when we set ourselves goals and we set ourselves targets, sometimes you've got to be a little bit selfish and go for them. Because yeah, if you don't and you try and please other people, you're not fulfilled in yourself and you're not fulfilled moving forward. And in the end, you won't be the best version of yourself for your for anybody else. No. Yeah, so I totally agree with that, Matt. Do you want to add that, mm-hmm. Teresa? Have you, have you got a, a point on that? Yeah, actually, earlier you said my own advice without you even, Leon, without you even knowing. Uh, okay. the, the advice that I would give my 18-year-old self or any 18-year-old is knowing it's okay to say no. Um, I, especially being a, a Mexican-American, my culture. It's kind of ties into what I was saying. Um, you, it, we're people, especially women, we're people pleasers. We want to help everyone. We want to, can you do this? Yes. Can you go here? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and my mom, she, t- I, I didn't want to do something. And she said, you're an adult. You can say no. And I'm like, what? I can say no. She's like, yeah. New you favorite can, word. You can say no to things. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And, and even now, like personal assistants, any husbands, wives, children, we're people pleasers. We always want to please others. We're, we have a fear of people not liking us. At the end of the day, we're humans. We crave love, acceptance. So why would we say no? Because that's going to cause people to not like us. So I've learned to say no, and it's okay. Boundaries are okay, and they're healthy. And I've been practicing that for the past, gosh, 10 years. And it's it, it gets better and better. And you can say no. And the advice I would say don't take, which is similar to Andrew's as well, as far as he said, don't listen to your parents or peers. Mine is, at least in America, it's pushed that when you get out of high school, you have to go to university. You have to have a bachelor's. You have to have this or you're a failure. And when I got out of college or high school, I was so nervous and freaked out. I don't know what my major is going to be. I don't know what this is going to be. I'm going to fail. I've gone through so many careers prior to what I'm doing now. Long story short, I went to school for diesel mechanics. I went to school for welding. I went to school for engineering a little bit. I went to school for veterinary technician. And I was even trained by a a uh, world-class barista. And my mom always said, just keep doing what you love. Even if you change it, it's okay. And I think a lot of kids have even taken their own lives because their parents want them to be a doctor or their parents want this. And it's okay to not do that. And a lot of times people very successful people who have not gone to college so long story short don't put yourself in a circle and your success will come within you but don't feel like you have to have something to be successful it's great it's education is beautiful but don't put yourself in that box that's what i would t- tell myself too love that one i want to love that one right this one i love this question it's my favorite one of the lot we all at times feel bent out unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed, and what do you do? And if if helpful, what questions do you ask yourselves? Hmm. Andrew. Honestly, throughout my whole life, a reoccurring theme for me, I, again, going back to the anxiety thing, and I always speak for a lot of people probably listening to this too as well, is simultaneously working on things, especially me, I have extreme ADD I've always had, so I get distracted. I, I start doing, I find myself doing things simultaneously a lot of the time, and that's when I get overwhelmed. And when that happens, I've been practicing and it works is to then begin compartmentalizing with stuff Uh, or writing things down also as well helps me extremely a large amount. I come from a generation before smartphones and all that. So I like to literally physically write stuff down. Is it your, your... I like to call that Andrew, you're a digital immigrant. That's what I call it. You're a digital yeah, immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're the same way. I mean, you come from a generation. I think you said you're 39, 40 years old and before writing things down helps. And it's also just psychologically, it helps you remember things and can compartmentalize. So I typically will do that and I'll hyper-focus on just one thing Instead of my normal, I got six things going on at once. I will do what I need to do to just make sure I hyper-focus on one thing. Rather than looking back at the whole house to paint, 
I walk all the way up to the front door and just focus on the door. And that helps a lot instead of looking at it, narrowing down to a micro perspective than such a macro perspective of things really helps with my anxiety when I get overwhelmed. And in activity, I simply just like to I'll listen to, to music and uh, also completely detach if I need to, too, as well. And I think that's quite huge in terms of you saying that because I think you, you make a, a good point when I'm saying about us being digital um, immigrants. Digital natives are the guys who were born with a phone in their app. They understand that my kids, I've got an eight and ten year old, they think a touchscreen's normal. They think our car's got internet in it. They think that's normal. It's not. They think having internet connection is just normal. So I do think it is a huge challenge because we were talking about this. We did a podcast quite recently on, I think there's two digital supervillains. Digital supervillain number one is the amount of content that is created. There's just so much content out there. We can't keep up with it. The one sort of superpower you need to challenge that digital supervillain is your ability to learn something really quickly and apply it even faster because the moment you learn something it's schools can't keep up so you mentioned a great point there in terms of i i i'm running my own businesses i don't have that many qualifications per se but i would class myself as book smart and i keep up with the trend and, I, and i'm learning and applying rapidly working with multiple industries multiple sectors and we, we learn right so we need to have a super skill of learning fast and applying even quicker but that's where i think universities and colleges don't work because what you're getting taught there doesn't really apply in business anymore it's outdated it's changed the techniques have changed technology's changing and then the, the, sec, the second one the, digi, the second digital super villain is digital distraction we were talking about that earlier and you just mentioned something quite beautiful in terms of getting off that and, and getting off them digital tools and, and getting yourself back focused. So I thought that was huge. Really good one. But do you want to hit the next one? I'm going to. Who in the world would you like to interview past or present and why? Teresa. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go Teresa first. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll give Andrew we'll a break. We'll help Andrew. We'll yeah. check him out there, won't we? I, I am very into psychology and I'm very into the human brain and the mind. So I feel like most people, we are intrigued by individuals that um, seem interesting or different. So I would say if I could think of a very intri intriguing human being, I would say I would like to interview Adolf Hitler. A lot of times people have this idea of him and I'm not saying he... Uh, well, obviously, historically, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. But like I said, the brain is so complex, right? So I would love to pick his brain as far as why he thinks certain things, why he has this idea of certain things. He is uh, considered a master manipulator. And whether that's the things that he did are absolutely terrible, but as, a, as an interviewee, I could take myself from a, a non-emotional response and just listen to this human and, and pick his brain why you think this way and i would probably dig deep as far as how was your relationship with your mother how was your relationship with your peers what did you do as a child ask interesting questions that would provoke answers that were probably not expected and it would be entertaining none the least so i would pick yes i would pick somebody that people don't quite understand so yeah, yeah. It, i think it goes into why serial killers were so sought after psychologists to go after these people that have genocidal tendencies and serial killers because of, I think Teresa just like me appreciates the complexities of the human brain studying someone that it was so evil and did such horrible things from just a neutral psychologist standpoint is I can see what's so interesting I think the point you make and, and we're all intrigued by people I think when the, the atrocities that was done what, what astounds me is how he got ordinary people people like us involved in loading people onto the uh, trains and all you do and just the infrastructure and, and it's just uh, it blows my mind to even think that could happen it just it's, it's beyond insane so uh, it, it sounds to me that you, you've got a very um you're, you're very intrigued with people you have a, such a, a very in interesting people is that true Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like myself, I'm very complex and interesting and weird. It takes a special person to say, well, I would like to interview Adolf Hitler. Definitely. And, I, and that's why I think I'm so I, I in love with her. Is of course, I, I, you hear that first thing you think is, why would you want to do that? You have to. I, I, I understand it. I understand it. But I would have the poise of character with him. You have to separate the, you have to separate the yeah, emotions from it, obviously. Mm. Yeah. The emotion attached with it, then you want, obviously, it's easy to just, I hope he gets casted to hell and never want to see him again. But as soon as you separate the emotion, it becomes very interesting, psychological standpoint. Yeah. And I think it's about learning as well, because there's been other people who've been as, as deranged as him. And it's about how we can try and understand and figure that out to make people 
to the cat do it again to try and build our tools up in it from that. We're gonna, yeah. what, about, what, what about yourself, aren't yeah. you? Um, uh, Nikola Tesla. Oh, yes. Yeah, for obvious reasons. I think more so one because he historically hasn't really been celebrated, at least now until uh, we were talking about Elon Musk and his line of cars, which obviously pays homage or homage, depending on where you're from in the world, how you pronounce that word, but to, to Nikola Tesla, which is a beautiful thing because his story is absolutely inspiring and, and amazing. And I think it's lost in, in history. Not It's not taught in history. Uh, we're taught about Thomas Edison's career and what he quote unquote gave us, gave humanity. And there's so much that is still even used from Nikola's inventions, even now today, which are, is really inspiring. But he just isn't really celebrated and, and he's not in the history books as I feel he should be. So if I had a choice somehow, I, it would be amazing to cast him on a television around the world and have an interview with him so people could hear his story and just how of a much of a genius he is or was. In it down to that point we was making earlier though, because... Technically, on paper, as such as you look at it, he died penniless, didn't he, and no money. So he wasn't a success like Edison. But actually, his theories and everything he stood for, he, he technically was going against capitalism, if you're aware of this, Paul. But he actually invented electricity. Um, like you could make it for free, the way that you were. So, but he, he was the guy behind it all. So, so I, I might, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I seem, I, I love my technology. He created like a device that basically could take electricity out of the air. It wasn't from the sun, it was from, the, I think, the wind or the movement of it. And he was basically able to make free electricity. But you think about yeah, it. Yeah, he made alternating current. He, yeah, he yeah. was distributing AC, alternating current, and then, which is, I think, was used in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. In Europe, he was alternating yeah. current. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, Edison from the US, yeah, came backed by a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, you, you, like I said, he, Nikola Tesla essentially pulled a fast one, got money to, to create this big tower, this conductor, essentially. And then without telling anyone said, oh, by the way, I'm going to give it away for free. And then they pulled the rug underneath and Nikola and said, okay, is, no, that's not happening. Yeah. And it got shut down and Edison came in and said, AC is unsafe and it's going to be direct current instead. And yeah, and, and put uh, Nikola Tesla out of business essentially. And then shadow uh, after that. And we need to use all these uh, minerals and, and we need to mine and we need to do all these things. Yeah. Um, and it is smeared up. It's smeared, it's smeared his name. Yeah. Yeah. So did you know that, Paul? I didn't. So, I love it. So I, I love the fact Elon's putting putting him back on the map. So it's beautiful. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. We, we, we got done. We got, so we're through. We go, wow, we're done. Last question. Is there anything we should have asked you, but we didn't? Do you have anything? That's an interesting question. I've never been asked that. Are we allowed to ask you a question? I we I always do this. Whenever I get interviewed or, is it, or Andrew, we always flip it around. It's because we like to involve everybody. I If I have a question for you guys, based off what we've talked about the past hour or so, what have you taken from this podcast that you're going to take forward with you in your life as far as advice or uh, something that you've learned? I'll go first. Go I, sorry, I'll go. I'm definitely going to look up that book that, that you mentioned, Andrew. Definitely. Because it just intrigued. I, I find that just a, an awesome book to get a different perspective from it. Very so, inspiring. Very yeah. inspiring. I'm, I'm going to look at that. And just how, even though we're on different continents, different parts of the world, back to that quote, when we all get squeezed, we're all the same, I think. So that, that's what I'm going to take for that and keep looking for that in the world. So that, that's what I'm going to take from it. What were you about? I think very similar to what you've just said. You can't um, have that. No, 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 no. I get you thinking you're on. Look, you've started an argument now. Honestly. Right, so, right. What I'm saying is we're at the other side of the world, but I think we're also very similar. And I think the way we feel about mental health and how we operate with the brain, I'm listening to a guy from Australia at the minute called The Brain Guy. If I was you guys, look him up. Absolutely awesome. And I, do, I go dog walking and I listen to The Brain Guy because I'm – very intrigued and do you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna give you some here does this at times it goes I'm, off i'm, I'm gonna good. give you some here do you know there's more signals from the heart to the brain and the brain to the heart did you know that i didn't know that there you go you say i thought at, i'd let you know look at that there you go wow i didn't know that either that's very yeah, interesting also, also if someone that you love hurts your feelings the sensation that you feel is similar to physical pain yes yeah mm -hmm. i read that it's proven scientifically that if, if something that you love hurts you the pain that you feel is the same signals that you felt physical pain. So pain oh. is very much real. What your brain goes through. Yeah. Oh. You must love each other. Yeah. <laughs> so let's flip that back. To, I like that question. What about yourselves and what have you taken from this? Because obviously you've never, you don't know us. Great for you to come on the podcast and support what we're doing. What have you guys taken? Me and myself, just being on this podcast, honestly, was extremely 
humbling experience and opportunity because we constantly humble ourselves. We try to go about life without a, a large ego or anything. So it, it's definitely helped me understand our place, I think, in our career, our very young career so far, and the possibilities that still lie ahead and to be able to connect with, with both you beautiful individuals so far away is amazing. I think it's great. And it's really opened my eyes to be like, wow, we're not just in LA. Uh, it's really easy to get caught in this little shell that we're in. And so this has been amazing to just help. It's been a, an amazing refresher to go, wow, there's so much more life and beautiful conversations to be had outside of LA, even California or the, this country for that matter. So thank you again, because that's definitely something that's, this podcast has done for me, this interview. Oh, good. Cool. Thank you. By yourself. And, um, Meeting you, talking to you guys and knowing what you do for men's mental health and knowing what my spouse has gone through in his life and just seeing two also strong other men talking and being vulnerable. It, I'm a, a huge advocate for just men in general as far as them feeling secure and accepted. But hearing you guys is a reminder of how important I feel like men should feel that we live in a world that I'm a feminist as far as equality and I feel like women deserve so much. But I think as far as men, we need to put focus on their emotional health more. And this is a reminder to, for me for that, to make sure the, the, the men in my life, family, friends, clients, to make sure they feel even more so heard that it sparks, it sparks something in me talking to you guys as far as what you do and it's what can I do for, what can we do more for men and men's mental mm. health so I want you to know that you inspire me as far as that goes I really appreciate that Thank I you. Love, love it too. and I think Paul I think what I think the thing that's inspired us is, is the work we're doing than these man club as well and I think we're so passionate about sharing that message and I think that's what you're picking up from us but we have a saying at Andy's man club about it's okay to what it's okay to talk and, and I think that's what we want you to take from this. We say it's okay to talk and we've got to talk. We've got to talk to our husbands, our fathers. We've got to talk to our friends, our peers. And we've got to really bang that drum that it's okay to be vulnerable. And I'll leave you with this last one. My closing part is going to be behind every strong man, there's an even stronger woman for me. That's what I truly believe. And, and I think we only have to look in the animal kingdom, don't we? You've got the big ass lions, aren't you? Who I think they've got it all sorted. But it's the female lionesses who saw you all out, really. Come yeah, on, let, let's be truthful, let's be truthful. So we've all got our place. We just sometimes, I think we've just got to surrender, haven't we, at times? We have to, don't we? I certainly do in my house. I do in my house. I've got yeah. a proper lioness, so it's all good. Yeah. Just want to thank you. I'm sure we, us guys could speak for hours. We're definitely going to be coming stateside one day out with Paul. Um, certainly will. And we're going to pop in and see. Oh. Really, really appreciate you coming on. We've, we wish you every success in the business. Um, looking forward to seeing it blow up, as, as it will do. Um, keep in touch with us. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And it, it's been humbling to speak to people like yourselves. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, we've enjoyed ourselves yeah, very much. Thank really you for great. having us. It's been a great therapy session. And lastly, <laughs> how can people find out more about you, you interesting guys? Where do they need to go? Where can they check you out? What, where can they find out more? Yeah, I was going to say our website, dopaminemedia.com, D-O-P-A-M-I-N, in the media, M-E-D-I-A.com. We're more active on our Instagram. Course, at yeah. dopamine media that's a great way to find us on there simple dm or email on there as well it's mm -hmm. perfect yeah we're pretty laid back we'll yeah we we'll get you added so really appreciate that so that's leon checking out all checking out all right thank you thank you guys latent plug think differently about your business it let's face it it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology now more than ever with everything going on in the world right now businesses are struggling to manage protect and work in the cloud transform your business it with expert support from think cloud learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20 percent higher revenues at 30 percent lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.